0: Hi, this is Mike Marshev, and this is Mike would Marshev. And this week I have a, this might be called a stretch. We'll see. We'll see if you can follow me. When I started in the speaking business 40 years ago, uh, one of the things I had done before that was I was an adjunct professor at Fairleigh Dickinson University teaching graduate school students, adults, in the evening. My class was from 8 to 11. And at the time I realized that to keep their attention you had to do something uh, a little bit against the grain. Now now follow me on this. You've all finished people's sentences for them. You know where they're going, so your mind goes a lot quicker. You finish the sentence. You might even step on their conversation because you got to where you think they were going. So while I was teaching these graduate school students, I realized that if they thought that they could get to my point faster than I got to my point, I would lose them. They would drift off and, and, and start multitasking and think about other things. So I honed the skill, honed. I honed the skill of becoming a nonlinear speaker. I called it nonlinear speaker. And that means, in effect, that you can't figure out what I'm about to say before I get there because I'm not sure what I'm going to say before I get there. I bounce around a little bit. Now, this is contrary to the the English teacher who says you have uh, in any story, any article, you have a beginning, you have a body, and you have an end. Well, I I don't endorse that particular philosophy because that's linear, and I endorse the nonlinear to keep people's attention span, especially today when it's so fleeting. It takes a, a lot to get people's attention. Okay, so here we go. With that as our opening salvo, I want to share an old strategy I had that resurfaced this week. It's a marketing strategy that resurfaced this very week here. I used to go down to Barnes & Noble, the the book emporium, you know it, it's still in, in existence. People still buy books, I'm not sure if they read books anymore, but they certainly buy a few. I used to go down to Barnes & Noble, sit down in front of the magazine rack. And they had every magazine conceivable. Every magazine, all industries, knitting, uh, plumbing, electrician, travel, flying, vacation, sailing, you name it, they had magazines. Well, what I did on a regular basis, I went down to Barnes & Noble and I would select a magazine that had nothing to do with the industry that I was involved in, in the travel industry. So I would pick up, for example, Electrician magazine. And I'd go to the table of contents, I'd sit down, go to the table of contents, and I would see if any of the titles of the articles in that non-industry magazine caught my attention as far as the marketing discipline or customer service discipline went. And every single time, I would find something in in, in that magazine that stimulated my thinking, motivated me, gave me ideas that I could use in my industry, in the travel industry. So I used to do that on a regular basis, and I strongly recommend you do that today, is go to the library, go to Barnes & Noble, pick up a nine industry magazine, look through it, and you too will glean important information, stimulating information that's going to help you grow your business. Well, my neighbor, 88 years old, across the street from me, knew I was a pilot once upon a time. Years ago, I was a private pilot. And he gave me a magazine called Plane and Pilot that he subscribed to and he thought I'd be interested in. So he gave me some past editions uh, of Plane and Pilot magazine and it triggered my Barnes and Noble days. And I went to the table of contents and I found something from a writer in that magazine that made all the sense in the world to me. And now I'm going to share that with you and I hope you get the connection. I hope you do. Flying an airplane, being the pilot of an airplane, your responsibility is to get your passengers from A to Z safely, and presumably Z to A safely. That's your responsibility. And you have to go to flight school and do your homework and do your practice and and put the hours in so you become skilled enough to get your customers from A to Z safely, knowing that there's a lot of different... uh, uh, challenges along the way that you have to be prepared for. And every pilot, every pilot that I know has a checklist from pilot, uh, private pilots to commercial pilots, to jet pilots, to Navy pilots, Air Force pilots, you name it. They get into their aircraft and they have a checklist because they realize that their memory could fail them. And if you, if you miss one little aspect of an airplane, it could be a, a, a traumatic experience. So they have a checklist and there's an old saying that a pilot who flies without checking his checklist is flying by the no, a pilot who sits on his checklist is flying by the seat of his pants. That's how it goes. So they have checklists. And if you notice that the next time you get on a commercial flight, look out the window and you will see the pilot, not the co-pilot, the pilot, walking around his aircraft. He'll be looking at the wheels up, he'll look up into the wheel well, he'll look at the engines, he'll look at the tail, he'll look at the flaps. He will walk around and give his machine a final quality control check. I know there's mechanics who do that, but he says, I am going to do this myself. The pilot, the man who's responsible for getting people from A to Z. Not only does he have a checklist, but he goes through what if scenarios. What if this should happen? What if that should happen? What am I going to do? He is totally prepared. When you get to that uh, finishing taxiing to the uh, to the runway, now in today's auto uh, uh, aircraft, you have what's called autopilot, that the machines can actually fly themselves. And as you know, we're trying to get cars that drive themselves. Well, airplanes already are there; they can fly themselves. They can take off by themselves. They can land themselves. They can fly themselves. And a lot of pilots demand that they do the takeoffs, that they do the landings because they don't want to lose the skill of doing that in case the, uh, uh, the, 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 tech, the uh, technology goes wry. They want to be in position to jump in and, and do the job, just like Sully did on the Hudson River, you know that story. So, so what they do, when they are on autopilot, they don't go to sleep, they don't play cards like the, like the magazines and the stories tell you do. They are constantly monitoring, looking at their dials, looking at the equipment, making sure that the needles are in the right place. They're they're always monitoring the progress of that airplane and they're anticipating what could go wrong. And if it did go wrong, what will I do? And they're responsible for coordinating the staff, the co-pilot, the people in the back. They are responsible for coordination. So they're always monitoring, anticipating and coordinating. And I hope by now you see the analogy between an airplane pilot and a professional travel agent. Your job is to get your customers from A to Z safely. And you do that by doing your homework, becoming prepared, going through your checklist, your checklist to make sure you don't drop the ball because a vacation is very important. You may not kill anybody if you make a mistake, but you certainly can screw things up. So you have your checklist. You go through your what-if scenarios. And when you... When you put your vacation on say, okay, I've done everything, I'm going to let it take care of itself, you are constantly, during the vacation, during your client's vacation, you are constantly monitoring the progress, anticipating what could go wrong at the next airport, at the next hotel, and you're coordinating the whole itinerary. Well, there it is. That's a stretch today. And that is all comes as a result of my neighbor handing me a magazine that says, plane and pilot. I got that stimulation, the motivation, the analogies from a non-industry magazine. And I'll end today's session by challenging you. Go to your library. Go to Barnes & Noble. Pick up a non-industry magazine. Go to the table of contents and see if something jumps off the page. If it doesn't, go to the next industry. Go to knitting. Go to uh, plumbing. Go to electricians. Go to sailing. Go someplace non-industry-wise. Open up your mind open up your creativity, and learn from other people's industries. It's real. Not only is it fun, it's educational, and I can virtually guarantee you that it's going to help you grow your business moving forward without getting stale or becoming boring or becoming uh, old school. So there it is. That's today's Mike.marshev I hope it makes sense. Uh, if it does, send me an email, mike at MikeMarshev.com. Let me know if we're on the same page. And until then, I'll see you next week with some more input On this podcast, affectionately called Miked Up Marshev. See you next week. Bye.